Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you're tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is NFL Trash Talk Episode 5, and we are running through a little bit of Week 10 football, and what a finish to the week that we had. Broncos, Bills, Broncos running out victorious 24-22 to on a... <laughs> Calamity of errors from, from both teams, really, or all sides of the football. <laughs> what a crazy week. Six kickers winning games, late in games. Uh, wild, wild stuff. Can't get a read on this Bills team. If they're not careful, their season is going to be over. But we'll run through that a little bit later. We'll run through our best of the best, our time to take out the trash, and there's plenty of that as always this week. We'll run through some questions that we got on socials, as always. Keep sliding into my DMs, at Trash Talk with D Bork for those. And we'll also run through some best bets for week 10. One and one for the week in week 9, as well as our reels, which went one and one as well. The Atlanta Falcons may have a line put right through them. <laughs> Huddy Smith, come on, man, you're killing me. Let's start with our best of the best, though. And how can we not start with... Houston Texans and CJ Stroud. Is this kid seriously a rookie? Is he? <laughs> He's not playing like one. <laughs> this has been the best best rookie performance I think anyone's ever seen. It obviously is when you're going off records and passing yards and whatnot. He's leading the league in that. The first rookie to ever do that by week 10. And, you know, you look at his stat line. He threw for 23 for 39 for 356 yards, one touchdown in a huge 30-27 to 27 win at Cincy. We mentioned earlier about kickers winning a lot of games this week, six of them, six walk-off winners. This was one of them. Amandola's first game as a Houston Texan, and he comes in and just buries one. But unfortunately for Mr. Amandola, we're not going to focus on him. We're focusing on CJ Stroud because to get to that position, it was all Stroud. And he's making Noah Brown look like C.D. Lamb. He's making Dalton Schultz look like the, I don't know, Travis Kelsey. (laughs) It's super impressive to watch. It really is. Uh, And I know he... He gave the ball away late to to Cincy to you know tie the game up, but he came back from that and got them in a position to win that game on the road in a hostile environment against a team who was literally flying. Cincy were flying, and now you know Houston are five and four, and come in with a three game homestand coming up against Arizona, Jacksonville, and Denver. They're three winnable games. They'll probably be favoured in all three, just about. Maybe Jags might be pickish or something like that. But I think they'll be I think they'll be faves in three and you know, they're a chance of being eight and four. And I don't think anyone coming into this season would have had the Houston Texans making the playoffs, but what CJ Stroud is doing is super impressive. Give D'Amico Ryan's that coach of the year award already, it this race is over. Very, very impressed with the Houston Texans and as a Tennessee Titans fan, very, very nervous for uh, many years to come. <laughs> Let's go to a team who was struggling. They lost three straight, and they look like the the Niners that we saw earlier on in the season. They dominated the Jacksonville Jaguars 34-3 in Jacksonville. That buy came right at the right time. They were able to get healthy. They got Trent Williams back. They got Debo Samuel back. Nick Bosa and Chase Young played their first game together. That D-line is going to be tough. Tough. You know, Brock Purdy threw for 296 and three touchdowns. George Kittle's just so good. He is. One one 
point, I guess, in this game is no CMC touchdown. That streak is over at 17 games. He tied the record there. Very sad not to see him get it. They put him in late in that game to actually try and try and get that record. But unfortunately, CMC could not punch that in. But I guess lucky for the Niners, he's going to be around for many, many years to come. So there's a chance to start a new streak there. But yeah, they look good. They do. And they've got... They had a game against Tampa Bay this week where they... I think they'll be back to their to their dominant dominant best before before they hit the Thanksgiving stretch. But yeah, the Niners were super impressive. It's a bad loss for Jacksonville just the way that they actually played. Because I think a lot of Jags fans coming into that game would have been would have been pretty confident, especially the way that the Niners have played. But yeah, the Niners put them in their place. Thirty-four to three, well played, San Francisco, looking like the best team in the NFC once again. We'll stick in the NFC. How do we not talk about my boy Josh Dobbs? The pastronaut, he's the gift that keeps on giving. 23 of 34, 268 yards, one touchdown. He also rushed for 44 and another tutter. And with Justin Jefferson due back, there's something special going on in Minnesota. There is. They're now 6-4. and four. They are every chance of making the playoffs. And if you look at their next month of footy, they had a big, big primetime game at Denver coming up. Yeah, after that, they play the Bears at home, then have a bye, and then travel to Las Vegas. That is a winnable month of football. You could very, very easily be, you know, 9-4 and four at the very worst, 8-5. and five. And you are a huge, huge chance to make the playoffs. And you add a Justin Jefferson back in that team, they're a completely different outfit. They really are. If they can sort out their running game, luckily enough, Dobbs has just ran all over everyone, scoring touchdowns, and kind of looking like Kyler Murray out there with his athleticism. <laughs> it's impressive to watch. I love watching Josh Dobbs, and you've got to be happy for the guy. He deserves to be a starting quarterback somewhere in this league after this season. He's proven it once again. Maybe Minnesota might keep him on if Kirk if Kirk's days are done in mini. Who knows? Might keep JJ there as well. Well done to the Minnesota Vikings. And last but not least, I know they played the New York Giants, but you've got to put Dak Prescott in our best of the best for this week. 404 passing yards, four touchdowns. Also rushed for 17 and another tutter in a 49-17 to victory against the New York Giants. Poor Mr. DeVito. I mean, well played to him, though. He threw for a touchdown late, and I know that burnt a lot of people and a couple of listeners out there on the fantasy football uh, streams who may have had the Dallas Cowboys as their defense on that last touchdown. But, yeah, Dak was Dak was incredible. Him and C.D. Lamb have got something, something really good going on in Dallas. And if they can, again, kind of similar to Minnesota, if they can sort their running game out, which they really haven't had all year, Tony Pollard just hasn't found the end zone since week one. If they can get something going there, if I was Philly, I'd kind of be looking back at this Dallas team because they're not they're not going away. They're not. Very impressive win. They need to do that against the against a good team because the Giants are not very good. But yeah, give it to Dak for throwing for four hundred and four. That is our best of the best for this week, though. I think it's time to call the garbage man and take out some trash. All right, we got a pile this week. Yep, keep them coming. All right, thank you. Falcons quarterback play. Oh, oh I can't with this team. 
They had Bijan Robinson absolutely eating for once. They finally figured it out. We're like, oh, we can run all over Arizona. One of the worst rush defenses in the league. And he, he ran all over him. Finally looked good. Found the end zone. Did his thing. But Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter both just taking awful sacks at the wrong times of drives. And they had a fourth and one. Fourth and one late in that game with Desmond Ritter in. And they decided to try and run a sneak and he fell over. What would make you do that when you got B.J. Robinson in the backfield who has literally ran through them all game, just hand the ball off? It's not a fourth and brotherly shove. It was a fourth and you know, long enough one that you need your running back who has ran through them all game to pick up the yard. Anyway, didn't pick it up, falls over, whatever. Marcus Mariota was given away for Desmond Ritter, just saying. Just saying. This Falcons team had every chance to win the NFC South. They really did. This division's horrendous. It's awful. We're going to have a really bad NFC South team in the playoffs. And you look at it now, the New Orleans Saints are 5-5 five and five leading that division. Tampa 4-5 and five and the Falcons are 4-6. and six. So They're obviously still within touching distance. You know, they're a game behind. But if they can't sort out their quarterback play... This is going to be tough to watch for the Atlanta Falcons. They've got a huge, huge game coming up after the bye against the New Orleans Saints at home. You need to win that game. You need to win that game because if we're talking quarterback play, the New Orleans Saints are just as bad. They are. But be better. Be better and hand the ball off to B. Jean. He is your guy. It's not hard. Speaking of making things difficult, the Tennessee Titans, oh my God. As a Titans fan, this was so hard to watch. They were abysmal against an awful Tampa Bay secondary. They really never looked likely. And I love Mike Vrabel, I really do. And all this talk about him potentially being sacked is trash because he is literally coaching a pile of trash at the moment, unfortunately. That was, you know, dished up by J-Rob to him, so he's got to, you know, fix this mess. But his decision-making to kick that field goal down 14 in the fourth, inside the 10, to go down 11. We had barely been down there all game, Braves. You can't be kicking a field goal there. Whatever. If Levis doesn't... If Levis doesn't connect on a pass, whatever, we're, we're still down two scores. You kicked a field goal to get it to 11, so you turned a two-score game into a two-score game. Quick math. Not good. Be better, boys. Need a big game against Jacksonville this week. Yikes. With them coming off a loss. Oh, dear. (laughs) Come from bad to worse, really. Mac Jones. Oh, my goodness. That late game pick on that pass to Mike Gusecki probably had to be one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, This guy is disheveled of confidence right now. He is... Oh, I, I actually feel bad for him. And I don't... I don't know what Bill's doing. Like, he took him out on that last drive of the game for Bailey Zappi. Just put him out of his misery and sit him all, I don't know, for at least another month, Bill. But putting Zappi in there, a guy that hadn't played a snap all game and saying, hey, kid, go out there and try and win us a game. What? Just play Mac. Who cares? Like, just just finish the game off with him. Let him try and win it. And if he doesn't, whatever, then you sit him. But you're throwing poor Zappi in there. And then everyone's paying him out late in the game because he you know, had that fake spike and then threw a pick into triple coverage. Like, I don't know what he was saying, but that's not his fault. 
It's not. Make a call with Mac Jones, Bill. Otherwise, you're the next out the door, to be honest with you, because you know, this Pats team just looks awful. Their defense is actually playing extremely well for the bodies that they have out, but offensively, they are one of the worst units in the league right now. It is so hard to watch. I feel bad for Mac Jones. You're obviously playing for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes right now, maybe by playing him, but I feel like you've just got to sit him for a month. We've talked about it before. Bring Malik Cunningham in. I don't know. Just see what he's got because we know what Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi have right now, and it's, it's not it. Give the other kid a chance to, I don't know, play some NFL football. It's not hard. Speaking of not hard, I want to have a chat to the NFL about continually putting the New York Jets and Las Vegas Raiders on primetime football. We spoke about it last week, that the Chargers and Lions should have been flexed for this game, and they had the ability to do that, and we saw how good that game was. That was incredible. And then we were dished up with that to finish the day off. Honestly, enough is enough. Stop putting these games on. You're one of the only leagues that has the ability to flex games. Put the best games on primetime. Allow us to watch the best footy, please. All the, <laughs> I say it every week, all the best games are usually in that early morning slate <laughs> or early afternoon slate, wherever you're listening to this from. And then we dished up with that to, to finish the day off. I mean, it's a great way to put you to sleep. I'll tell you that because if I have to watch another Zach Wilson Jets game or an Aiden O'Connell Raiders game, I may actually go for a walk and get out of the house. <laughs> it is tough. Thankfully, we've got a very, very good primetime slate this week. You know, we're starting with, on Friday, we get Cincinnati at Baltimore. That's going to be an absolute cracker. And then we get Denver, Minnesota, which now all of a sudden looks great. It really does. The way Dobbs is playing, the way Denver have, I don't know, turned it all around, don't know how. Then we end on Monday Night Football with a Super Bowl rematch, Kansas City, Philly. So thankfully, they get it right one week. It took them 10 weeks. <laughs> anyway, that is, our, that is our trash for the week. Let's, let's slide into our DMs and see what we've got out there for this week. Let's start with at Jay Humpty. Loves his NFL. Given the kicking game horror show the Broncos already had, what do you think of the decision to try and run off the clock with no timeouts left for a game winner rather than giving Josh Allen the ball back with 20 seconds left and no timeouts? That was comical. It was honestly comical. They did it to end the first half as well. (laughs) Ran off the field like a bunch of maniacs and just tried to get their kicker on. He kicked it. Yeah, well done. But he also missed an extra point. He missed an extra point already in that game. So rushing a kicker on is probably the worst thing that you could do because you're not set up. And they were extremely, extremely blessed because he missed the 41-yard field goal to win the game. They just got lucky that the fact that the Bills had 12 men on the field. So they got moved up five yards to eventually take another shot to win the game. I'd never do that. I get it. Even if you score a touchdown, I get the fact that you'd, you know, you'd give the Bills the ball back and whatnot. But Javante Williams was running all over him. You could have clearly picked up a first down, then, I don't know, spiked the ball as well at the same time. It was, oh, it was so bad to watch. Somehow they they found a way to win the game. They should never should have got that close to begin with, to be honest with you. They completely dominated the time of possession. Buffalo were horrendous with the amount of you know turnovers they had in that game. 
doing that to a kicker, running them on the field like that, is a surefire way to lose the game. And they should have lost the game because he missed the field goal in the first place. I would never, ever, ever do that. Ever. Completely, completely blessed. And I think, as a lot of people would know, never trust a kicker. I know six kickers won this won a game this week, but that is the last thing you want to be relying on. I'm sorry, I'm paying Russell Wilson $250 million. I'm not paying my kicker $250 million. Let him win the game. Or let him decide how to win the game and manage the clock a bit better. Seriously. Awful. Awful stuff. Thanks for your question, Mr. Humpty. Let's go to at Jimmy Moore 5 what do we got for this week, Jimmy? Question on Aaron Jones. Okay. Interesting situation going on in Green Bay with him. What's your take on Aaron Jones and his position at the Packers? Well, this is a tough one for Aaron Jones because they do not have a serviceable quarterback to play him in that play action as per how Aaron Rodgers used to play him. They had a very good running game, obviously, with A-Rod. He'd rely heavily on on Aaron Jones in the run game as well as the play action game because Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest, had the deep threat and could you know, throw it to Devontae Adams, for example. They don't have that deep threat at all in Green Bay this year. You know, They've got a couple of young guys with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaron Reed... So the situation with Aaron Jones is not good right now in Green Bay. It's not. If I had him in my fantasy lineup, I would not be playing him. Given the fact that they have no passing game whatsoever, it's a lot easier just to shut down the run. And that's what they're doing right now in Green Bay. They really are. And he hasn't. He also hasn't been healthy a lot this year, which has hurt the cause. I don't think he can move him on because of, you, know, you need him as a running back, but I feel like you, they need to look at this upcoming draft and realize that Jordan Love simply is not that guy. He's not. I'm sorry. You need a passing threat to help out Aaron Jones in that Green Bay offense because if they go back into next year and give Jordan Love another chance, I don't see it being a, another successful one for Aaron Jones because it hasn't been good so far this year. It really hasn't. hope that answers your question, Jimmy. Let's go to at acero.d. Big Broncos fan. Huge. With the Broncos getting some W's on the board against some big teams, are Russ and Sean Payton cooking something? Or are the Bills just trash? Well, the Bills were not in our trash this week, but they were pretty close. They were. It's crazy It's crazy to see where this Denver team has come from. It really is, because they got 70 hung on them. 70. I mean, no, no team should be coming back from that against the Miami Dolphins earlier this season. They looked so, so bad. Offensively, they still don't look great, but their defense has suddenly woke up, which is making things a lot easier for us. He's giving them... Their defense is giving him shorter fields to work with, so you're not relying on Russ to go out and win your games. Their defense has actually stepped up. They held Buffalo to next to nothing offensively. You know, when, when you're holding Josh Allen to uh, 177 passing yards, he threw two picks as well. Elite quarterback. They almost beat the Chiefs the first time around when they played them, then dog walked them in their second meeting, 24 to 9, and forced Mahomes into two picks. So I definitely think it's more their defense is cooking up something rather than Russ. But they've got a big, big five weeks of footy coming up. They need to beat the Minnesota Vikings at home. I'm not saying they will because I love Josh Dobbs, I really do. But that's a winnable game 
for this Denver team. It is. You should be winning at home against them, depending on Justin Jefferson's status. That could change things. Then you're at home against Cleveland. Tough, I get that, but that's another winnable game. They could give Deshaun Watson a lot of problems at home. Then you travel to Houston, then you travel to LA, then you travel to Detroit. Tough five-week stretch. They're four and five. This is their season right now, the next month of footy for the Denver Broncos. They're looking a lot better than what they were at the start of the season. I will give them that. Things have improved, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball since that week 370-point absolute beatdown. Would I, would I be paying Russell Wilson $250 million, though? Absolutely not. But congrats on getting a few wins, though, boys. <laughs> I know there's some tragic Denver Broncos fans out there. All right, that is our question time for this week. As always, keep sending those through to at Trash Talk with D-Bork. Slide heavily into those DMs. I'm always around, and I love, love all the feedback and questions coming through. So why don't we find some best bets for week 11? Let's reach out to Jerry and see if he's around. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're one and one in week nine, uh, four and five on the season in our best bets. Our Sunday night reels spot went one and one. The receiving parlays hit there on TikTok at Trash Talk with D Bork, also shared on our Instagram as well. Rushing yards, no good on that. So we went one and one there. We are two and three on the season with the reels. So why don't we find some best bets for this week ahead? Some trends that I'm hoping end this week. Unders on primetime football are 25 and 7. That's crazy. I mean, we've also seen a lot of trash football on primetime with some horrific matchups. We finally have ourselves a good one. The Super Bowl rematch. I get it. This Chiefs defense is far better than it has been in years past. And it has. It's probably the best they've ever had. But they're playing a Philadelphia Eagles offense that can put up some points. And their defense has leaked hard. It has. Give me the over 45.5 in this contest. And we're taking prime time totals to, at the very least, 25-8 and eight this week. We're taking the over 45.5. Let's go with another team who has definitely hit their stride this past week. Destroying Jacksonville. They are going to also destroy the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me all of San Fran minus 11.5. In this contest, I know they have a, a little bit of a shorter week coming up with a Thanksgiving game, but now they've got their bodies back. They are 100% two-touchdown better team. They really are. I'm just hoping they're not looking ahead to that Seattle contest on Thanksgiving, given it's a short week, but I feel like you'll want to put it on Tampa early, especially at home, so they can rest for that one, if that's the case. So this could be a, this could be a blowout job early. It really can, and... Yeah, I think the Niners are going to be far too good, and they'll win by a comfortable, comfortable two to three touchdowns in that one. As always, keep an eye out on socials for the, for our reels. Definitely every Sunday night we'll be running that for more plays there. Friday's a potential one with a big, big primetime matchup between Baltimore and Cincy. We will find something there as well, so keep your eyes out on socials for those. This has been fun. It has. It's been another another great week of footy in week 10 week 11 i hope is going to bring us some more love hopefully tennessee turn around but that's another thing in itself <laughs> this has been trash talk with d Bork. i hope you all have a great week i am out let's win some money <laughs>